Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. All I ever wanted was a little love. I want true romance. It's true. Hello, and welcome to True Romance. This is Carolina Barlow. And this is Devin Leary. We are calling post-BravoCon. You know, there's BC before Christ and AD after the death of Christ. We are calling after the end of BravoCon, ABC. For me, life has been what has been happening in between me just scouring footage of BravoCon for the past four straight days. Devin has only texted me footage of BravoCon. Well, I've been like blasting things out and it's like, I can't get a response fast enough. It's like uh, people take a couple minutes to respond. And then I have to send the next thing that I saw the next, like, okay, someone got leaked footage of the Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip season three trailer, which I am obsessed with. And then there's like the Gorgas feuding with the Judices. Joe Gorga said he hope everyone here wins the lottery. There's what does the that medley. even mean? Just sincerely. It made no sense. <laughs> I saw I saw it on TikTok and it was like, by the way, I'm watching these TikToks in the back of like, and it's like I was in an Uber and I'm like, okay, I know my rating is low and I have to get my rating up and the person's trying to make small talk, but I'm like, sorry, I have to focus. Like I'm on top, TikTok, hashtag BravoCon 2022. Is this the first BravoCon? That's actually a good question. I think they had one before or maybe they were going to have one. It was canceled because of COVID. But it was like really powerful. I was watching a video <laughs> where it was Gigi Golnessa from Shaws of Sunset. And I think maybe Caroline Manzo or I don't know. It was one other Bravo celebrity. And they were talking about like this, like to see how this has grown from what Bravo started as. And now it's like this huge phenomenon. It's like it almost was Astro World. Like people were like fighting people, trampling people. People are booing like. Some of the footage was uncomfortable to watch because it felt Me, like I couldn't watch. I was like, this is mean. You're booing Lisa Rinna. Like, that's mean. It's tough. And she's just flipping you off. I'm like, this is to- This is toxic. 
on the one hand, I'm like, okay, I'm grateful that I've always said like Bravo fans, it's like, it's like sports fans. Like it's like that level of community. But on the one hand, it's like, okay, we finally get our due. Like we get our Super Bowl basically. On the other hand, there's the dark great side of that too, which is like, comes with great responsibility. Like, how are you going to actually treat people? And I, it's like, I went to a Philadelphia Eagles game once, not by choice. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, people are getting in fights. People are throwing peanuts at each other. And this was like that. It's like, people are screaming. And like, there was one video that was former couples from Summer House, like facing off against each other. And Andy asked Carl, like, what's the... <laughs> What's the one thing Paige has that you wish Lindsay had? And the woman who's filming it goes, fashion, fashion. And then he's <laughs> even even as he starts talking, she's going, fashion, fashion, her fashion. I'm like, okay. Did you not think twice about posting this with your loud voice just like going off? And then there the video of Ju- Joe Judice. Um, it's like Melissa Gorga says, I think basically like the cast of Real Housewives of New Jersey had a split panel because like one side didn't want to be in the same room as the other. So Melissa Gorga is saying like, well, I just want to say that this couch would have been fine to be on the same stage as anyone else. And a woman in the audience just turns around and goes, we said what we said. We said what we said. <laughs> like, okay. You didn't actually say anything. It, is, it but did these, seem very interactive. Yeah. People were going off. And then it's also weird. I'm like <laughs> someone that we, that I follow on Instagram posted a video from being there and they're like Dorinda's being led around like she's like the president like the Bravo celebrities <laughs> the Bravo celebrities are being carted around on golf carts and like led like American around by security on the corner <laughs> and everyone's like, like swerving them and then there's there's a whole um there's a whole like section that's devoted to just like housewives products that you can buy like La Dame fragrance and Meredith Marks like merch that she sells of all her taglines which is getting I'm getting a little sick of that but, you know, at the end of the day, it was Andy Enterprises. And I'm grateful that there was such low restrictions, security restrictions on filming inside the event. That's all I'll say. That's true. That's true. Everyone, they might as well have been streaming live for all 1, the footage I saw. I was like, we don't even really need to be there. You're getting all the highlights. Erica Jane did hint um, that Dorit... And PK, that, we're going to get a divorce. And that, I did. is it true that she hinted that um, PK and Dorit and Kyle and uh, Mauricio all swing? I didn't see that, but that's been hinted at in the blogs, as they say. But I didn't Come see on, her saying that. Come on, do people swing anymore? Like, that is, no, there's no way. I don't, I don't think so, especially when you're Kyle and the exactly. other option is PK. Like, but wait, did you see PK's Instagram about yeah, it? Yeah, his post. He's a <laughs> grandfather. Like a, it's a solemn photo of him and Dorit just looking at the camera and it says Erica Jane thought her husband was innocent. She thought the ankle is more important than the brain. She thought she could keep the earrings. Now she thinks Dorit and I are next to split up space dot dot dot. Here's a quick bit of management advice space dot 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 space. Stop thinking. Hashtag Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And then Erica comments. When did you get so sensitive? You know, damn well, I was joking. It's like, Erica, first of all, no, we didn't. She's also just frankly become an alcoholic. So I think that she was probably just drunk at BravoCon. Um, I also heard that Kathy Hilton and Sutton need to be kept apart, which I'm so curious what the BTS behind the scenes is for that story. Every frame of Sutton that I saw, I was like, wow, she's looking her best. I think she took notes from the season of people saying she looked bad and then now she looks good. 
So isn't that an interesting thought for me to share? She actually used to look bad and now she looks good. I think she was affected by everyone saying she looked like shit and it might have um, changed her uh, design <laughs> It was actually strategy. productive because, yeah, now she looks less like shit. So one of the best moments is that there was like a medley of like the I, I what I'm considering like the worst of the worst Bravo songs where it was Kenya coming out singing her Gone with the Wind fabulous song that's actually just a remix of her tagline. So it's like, what? And she did she didn't sing. She just like danced around and like screamed a couple times. And then Sheena, good as gold. Sheena always performs. We have to give her that. And then Candace, drive back. And listen, it's tough with Candace because the auto-tune does her so many favors. <laughs> and then when you hear her live, you remember that she can't even sing happy birthday on tune. And it was tough and then landed on Melissa Gorga, who made the best choice out of all of them, which is just to limp, lip sync. Like she didn't even try to sing. She looked great. <laughs> she danced. But at one frame that I saw from an audience POV TikTok, I could see Erica Jane sitting up on that stage watching all these performers. And I know she was dying inside that she didn't get asked to sing. She did her bitey smile. Someone yeah, on Twitter like, described it as eating a piece of hot pizza. And she's like, then what? <laughs> then what? <laughs> No, it's just, no, truly, it's like, wow, you fell from grace. You could have been doing a full set at BravoCon. It's sad. Well, Devin, do you want to share with the audience your recent invite to be on a stage yourself, on a platform yourself? Yeah, I had a brush with fame. It doesn't happen that often. We have to be grateful when it does. And, you know, it's like, I'm a voyeur on these worlds. And I never think of myself as someone who could potentially be brought into these worlds. Like Dorinda on her motorcade. Yes, exactly. I never, I, uh, me, I have never even dreamed of ending up on a motorcade or ending up in a pink sequin outfit dancing. There was also that weird phenomenon that happened at BravoCon where there was like these slow motion videos they took of all the housewives. <laughs> And Dorinda's went viral because she's like dancing so, so intensely in it. Ramona's also was like so spooky because she just stare. It's like a slow motion like shot. And she's just staring at the camera for the first like five straight seconds of it. Anyway, so I get a little DM request, which, oh my God, I never check those. I have way too many of those. Just kidding. I never have any. This is my only one that has ever come through from a producer who works on the Emmy nominated Oh, who works with an Emmy nominated company on a show called ABC's Claim to Fame. And she's like, it seems like you might be a good fit for the show or whatever. And I'm like, oh, okay, like, cool. Look it up. It's co-hosted by siblings Kevin and Frankie Jonas, which honestly is like a full circle moment for me because I always had a crush on Kevin growing up because I was like, he's the only one. Well, because I thought he was the only one who would give me a chance, you know, like... You that know, that's so type sad of, that even in your fantasy, you were like, okay, I got to make a safe bet here. But you, yeah, you know, those types of crushes where you're like, oh, you guys all like Ryan. Well, I'm interested in Seth Cohen and then everybody else is. Too. Yeah. So it's co-hosted by them. And it's a series that challenges 12 celebrity relatives to step outside their famous family members shadow and live together under one roof, concealing their identities and lineage in the quest for their own fame and fortune, they complete in challenges, form alliances, and play DNA detective. I'm not sure how that fits in with the other things. In hopes of avoiding elimination and winning the coveted $100,000 prize. Okay, 
Now that I see $100,000 prize, I am <laughs> thinking twice about this. But it sounds like it's basically like Big Brother, but for like people who are distantly related to celebrities. We've beaten this dead horse many a time. If I were invited to be a contestant on The Bachelor, there's no world where I would be able to say no. There's simply no world where I would be able to say, I know I will not do that. I would be on there immediately. I would go home night one. I'm not ashamed to say. I don't think I would be able to stay, but I would be walking out of that limo in a loose floral dress, as is my style, and some Birkenstocks with my toenails not polished because I never have time to do that. Well, it's interesting because... And if I, I think- do, I put my my shoes on too quickly and they get smudged. Well, I think it's like... That's interesting? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Listen, um, I think it's interesting. What's there- so interesting? <laughs> So there's this whole thing about like people are like quietly quitting their jobs or like post COVID. What's so interesting? You can't wait. Are you like not able to hear me when I'm starting talking, or are you purposely interrupting me as a joke? <laughs> no, sorry, we're, we're, we're we have a small disconnect. But now I'm seeing okay. you. <laughs> it came across as a funny joke, though. You're like, are you an asshole, or do we have internet problems? Yeah, I'm like, I can't tell. Is Zoom broken, or are you just like such a piece of shit? No, so I think. It's interesting because people are like, oh, the, the the capitalist structure of work doesn't work anymore now that we've been through the pandemic and everyone worked from home. People are taking more liberties. They're quietly quitting, a.k.a. stopping doing their jobs because they're from home and no one checks on them. That's the same thing that's happening in the Bachelor franchise where I feel like people are like, I don't really want to stay. I'm just going to go. <laughs> like so many people on this season of Bachelor in Paradise have just been like, I'm actually going to go like I'm good. And it's like, They came, they had their little vacation. One challenge came up and they're like, "Mm, I'm okay, thanks. Like, (laughs) I'm a little sweaty and uncomfortable and I'm actually just gonna be seeing myself right out. Thank you. So I think that this is the best time of any to go on to a reality show because it seems like it would be acceptable to just leave when things get weird. That being said, I'm not gonna do it, but I thank everyone for listening. I think if, if, (laughs) listen. After a lot of thought, prayer, If I could be a real girlfriend of Paris and go live in Paris, a glamorous lifestyle where I smoke cigarettes indoors and like eat fancy meals and just talk about friendship. Yeah, I'm down for that. Send me on over. Send me right on over. But outside of that, no. Well, we have to get to our topic today, but first we're going to take a commercial break. I want you. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Ding dong, Las Culturistas calling. iHeart Podcast Awards 2023 Podcast of the Year Las Culturistas with SNL's Bowen Yang and comedian Matt Rogers. There's stuff happening in 2024 that we really need to address. Pop culture and huge guests like the latest episode with... Dua Lipa! 
more I think about it, the more scared and nervous I get. Listen to the newest episode of Las Culturistas with Dua Lipa and all episodes on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Las Culturistas to start listening. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame starting May 7th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. So we have promised our listeners and ourselves that we would talk about The Real Housewives of Potomac. Listen, we are two episodes in, and I was just so thrilled. And there's already a major point of contention. I was surprised and made nervous by this week's episode because this was so heavily featured in the trailer, this storyline about Chris flirting with them, DMing women. And then I'm like, wait a second. I'm kind of siding with Robin where she's like, wait a second. We know Chris. Like, what if he just DM'd Ashley because he wanted her to come to the hotel? Like he's promoting the hotel and Giselle's story. I'm sorry, but that doesn't sound weird to me at all. Like, I can't understand what was weird or bad about that. And so I'm a little bit like, wait, is this going to be the biggest drama of the season? And I don't even really think it's drama. I was on Giselle's side until last night. I really was. I was convinced that it was weird that Chris was DMing Candace's friends. I thought, like we said, that Chris was threatened by Candace's career. The timeline added up. Timeline made sense. But Robin was the one who was saying, you know, he's friendly with us. He's made us dinner, et cetera. And and even Ashley, when she told Robin the story of being DM'd about coming to the W, Robin immediately was like, yeah, well, he's a general manager there. And even Ashley was like, oh, okay, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Anyway, Ashley, who I love, was doing a little bit of revenge when she sat down Candace. She was thrilled to tell Candace that Chris texted her at 2.42 a.m., Now, partially that's because Ashley is one of the more talented housewives. She knows to lay it all out there. She laid it all out there with her husband. She truly did not try to protect any of their scandal. She was never like, I'm not talking about this on camera. Michael Darby was always like, we can't, I don't want to talk about this on camera. And she truly looked like not only, she just knew, she knew her duty to the show. She knew why she was on the show. And she gets that glint in her eye. Like she gets like that sort of smile that she can't, even when she's saying, even when she's saying tea about herself, like she's like, um, you guys, we have an interesting relationship, me and Michael. What concert did you like? We went to a Jason Derulo concert and like I got fingered at the concert basically by like some woman. But then what did she say? <laughs> she's like, I, I had an aching for Michael or something, something so disgusting. I'm like, oh, my God. 
And she just brings that to the table. I also, though, I do love when like a woman turns single and they start suddenly like putting everything into their appearance. Like she shows up at every scene fully incredible. decked out. She looks amazing. And no one can deny she looks amazing, even Candace. But also, I love when like the fourth wall gets broken and names get named as in Candace stepping up from the conversation with. Well, this was the conversation with Giselle when then Giselle, Giselle confronting him. says you made your husband made me 100 percent uncomfortable. Candace looks to camera like Jim Halpert in the office and goes, are we doing this? And she's like, I need to talk to Eric. Is that who, what his name was? She's like, Eric, yeah. where's Eric? I need to speak to Eric. And then she immediately throws it back on Ashley. She's like, okay, well, I'm not going to have my husband be brought up when someone else's husband was grabbing people's asses. And on the one she hand- She calls him that ass-grabbing motherfucker. Michael Darby is available for that. He is, but also, first of all, yeah, you're right. She said it in a much funnier, better worded way than I did. But Ashley looks like pissed that she brought that up. But I'm like, I'm sorry, if your husband has a Me Too scandal <laughs> as a storyline, like that's just going to be brought stick up. On you. That's, that's going to stick stay on around. you, unfortunately. It's not so, your responsibility. You shouldn't have to answer for it. But that is going to. Yes, exactly. That's going to stay around. That's going to be involved. But I think like when Ashley told Candace the first time, Candace looked like she was about to cry. And I think that that speaks to like, there's something else going on between her and Chris. Obviously, like yes. he's staying out all hours. She said that she's like, I want him to be home with me. Hold me. Like, I think it was shock too. Well, I also think like it's sad because I think there used to be like, it seemed like real like connection and love between them and like their wedding and stuff, even though her wedding was insane. It's like, I was really rooting for their love, but it seems that things have soured. And I think it's probably all to do with him and his ego. I think so, too. I think he loves the camera. I think he's one of that like husbands who likes being on camera a lot and wants something for himself. And, you know, we uh, we can all remember Bethany's psychotic husband who we were rooting for at one point. And a, a male ego can tear down a relationship. And, and Candace's husband definitely has that. And, you know, there should be only room for one egotistical person. And obviously, that should be Candace. One of the things I love is a housewife talking about how exhausted she is by everything on her plate. Every housewife is like, I have my music career. I have my um, retail candle shop. I have my fashion line. We are doing, you know, and it's a lot. And I'm raising kids. It's a lot. How do I like Kyle Richards is like, I'm in the Halloween movies. I'm having lunch with Jamie Lee Curtis. I'm a mom. I'm a wife. It's a lot. I mean, to be fair, Kyle actually is at least like doing something where she has to work like 18 hour days. I think I, I don't know. I don't know how many hours per day Robin spends on her hat line. I'm not going to lie. And then she's like, I'm the breadwinner in this relationship. Like, and I'm like, wait, that's actually scary because I don't know <laughs> about the longevity of the hats. But that is such a thing. I also think, yeah, it's you see this renaissance that happens to all these women. And I've been noticing it because I'm rewatching Jersey season one, Real Housewives of New Jersey. And it's like, Devin is such a scholar. When we were on Danny Pellegrino's podcast, she's like, I am rewatching Jersey season one. <laughs> You're an anthropology major. That was the era when it was still basically like set around the idea of being a housewife. So it's like, Teresa is like, my husband comes home at 5 PM. I have dinner on the table and Joe, Joe, and Caroline is like, I'm a super mom. Like, they're all about like being a mom and wife, mom and wife, mom and wife. That's why it was kind of actually like taboo that Bethany was 
not a wife and not a mom and wanted to be a business person. I will say Danielle Staub in seasons one and two of Jersey is pretty much unmatched as a villain on any of the franchises. And there's a moment where (laughs) there's one scene where Danielle is upset because Jacqueline didn't come to one of her dinners. And first she calls Jacqueline and leaves like a normal voicemail where she's like, hey, just like calling to check in, like call me back. And then her because her daughter's in the room and then she turns to her daughter and she's like, can you actually um, leave the room? I, I think I need to uh, I need to call Jacqueline again. And the daughter's like, OK. And she calls her and she goes, hi, Jacqueline. Um, so I was under the impression that you were your own woman. I didn't realize that you let your husband dictate everything. <laughs> it's like to calmly be like, you know what? I'm actually not going to leave it at that. Can you just give me a second? So I was under the impression it's just so iconic, but also she's one of the most terrifying people ever. And I feel so bad for her daughters. But anyway, the point being now it's like you basically go on the show to become an entrepreneur. And so they all have like their thing ready to go. I think with Potomac, we've seen that with Salt Lake City, like Lisa already had a successful business, but obviously she's pushing the Vita tequila left and right. Meredith is turning every single phrase that happens with her or against her. She turns into a hat, a shirt, a line of blazers. I need to say something about Meredith and Lisa, and that is that I am unable to tell them apart. Okay. I am. I truly every episode of Salt Lake, I'm like, who's talking? Okay, I... I'm having trouble with the feud because I so often I'm even when they're at the same table, I'm like, wait, who called who a garbage trash whore? I'm 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 struggling. I'm struggling. Well, okay, so Lisa called Meredith a garbage trash whore. This was all a part of Lisa's rant that she did to herself that she says to herself. And she's like, I was ranting like normal people do, which, again, I stand by is a very relatable statement. And though I can't see myself going into a bathroom alone and doing a the jinx style confession about how <laughs> Meredith fucked half of New York, I can see myself like going over to your house and being like, okay, Carolina, listen, like Meredith is a garbage trash whore. And you being like, Devin, you just need to take a minute, take a breath. This is one of your good Throw friends. Throw your and microphone like, okay. at the cameraman first. <laughs> so again, and we talked about this on Danny's podcast. So as part of the BravoCon footage, I see Jen Shaw is there and I'm like, what is going on? Is she, does she not have legal fees? Is she involved in a trial? Is she not? Is, I don't remember like fucking Scott Peterson being able to like jet all around the country doing whatever he wants leading up to the trial. But then I was like, maybe she does all this stuff because maybe that's truly the money that's paying all I her legal it fees. It is. So it's like, and I she's guess her trapped. and Andy were avoiding each other the whole time. Why? I don't know. I have no idea. I do love, though, that as crazy as it is watching Salt Lake City right now, you sometimes forget about the Jen Shaw legal case because you're now wondering. Oh, it's not in the forefront at all. It's if totally Meredith background has noise. Given a blowjob to get Utah Jazz tickets. <laughs> okay. And we all know that didn't happen. It's, it's if Lisa did that. We all know that didn't happen. So that's oh, the other thing. You see? It's like, okay, I know that there's bad people on both sides with Lisa and Meredith, but. I am becoming more and more on Lisa's side, even though I know she's a Republican. I know she mouths words for her kids to say on camera. I know all these bad things about her, but Meredith is like pulling random shit out of the air that makes no sense. It's I don't see a world in which it's possible that Lisa did that. 
I think she's very wealthy. I don't understand like what? But first of all, that. Second of all, Meredith is very condescending. She it's the same thing with like why Erica is getting more flack than Jen. It's like Jen is likable, Erica's not, and Lisa is likable in a lot of ways, and Meredith is not. I thought there was something really interesting that could, if if this philosophy was embraced, could change storylines on the Housewives forever. It won't. But Heather at one point goes, I don't care who Lisa's fucking. Who cares? Yeah. And I thought, oh, interesting. I mean, Heather then goes in her talking head and says, I would give a blowjob for a burger, <laughs> which I think I love you don't necessarily so have to like volunteer that information. My friend was saying that she thinks Heather's a little high on her own supply, like really loving her character that she's creating for herself. And I think she has sort of nailed her niche, which is kind of messy. Her and Whitney Wild Rose, which is making me laugh so hard that Danny Pellegrino calls Whitney Wild Rose by her full name. Yes, he has names for everyone. I think there's a few things. Giselle, to jump back to Potomac quickly, has is becoming Rinna. She is stirring the pot for yes. for TV's sake. She's not letting us in on her dating life necessarily. Watching her and Jamal together was so awkward because it was so clearly nothing was going on between them. I know. And that's the thing, too. Like we were talking about, it's like there's there's a decision where it's like, are you going to become like the down to earth one who just like shows your family or are you going to become like just total pot stir like deflecting, deflecting, deflecting. And I think Lisa chose wrong. And I think Giselle is choosing wrong. That being said, we do need Giselle and we need Whitney. Like Whitney said, she's tired of being Nancy Drew. Well, guess what? We need a Nancy Drew. We need someone who's going to bring the drama. And also I think Whitney couldn't be happier to be Nancy Drew. Also, I'm not sure how Nancy Drew metaphor applies in this scenario at all. It's so funny when Jen Shaw just waits for opening and finally she's like, you guys, I have nothing. <laughs> and then Heather looks she's at her like, and She's like, I wish these were my problems. Yeah, she's like, this was supposed to be about you. <laughs> this trip was supposed to be about you. I want true Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Ding dong, Las Culturistas calling. iHeart Podcast Awards 2023 Podcast of the Year Las Culturistas with SNL's Bowen Yang and comedian Matt Rogers. There's stuff happening in 2024 that we really need to address. Pop culture and huge guests like the latest episode with Dua Lipa. The more I think about it, the more scared and nervous I get. Listen to the newest episode of Las Culturistas with Dua Lipa and all episodes on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Las Culturistas to start listening. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. 
all these girls were sent out into the world and they were told try to meet important men try to attach yourself to important men the voice you're hearing is a russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power the war in ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities for the first time a military trained seduction spy reveals how the russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon if you want to kill your target it's easy you just seduce him take him somewhere start having sex and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily to die for is available now listen for free on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts I loved when they went on their bachelorette party bike trip too in uh, Arizona. Again, the weirdest possible place to ever want to visit trip-wise. And they're literally pouring alcohol on each other. And then Lisa and Meredith passive-aggressively are spraying alcohol at each other so aggressively. But Whitney Wild Rose is truly a wild rose. She just, you know, does a split. They're pouring alcohol down her shorts. She's really a She's Mormon gone wild. She's got to have the worst infection from that. I don't want to think about the gynecological appointments that followed that trip. But again, and and there was a there was a sinister feeling of like, okay, a party bike tour to celebrate Jen's last hurrah of like being innocent and not in jail or something. I don't know. And then but then maybe she never went to jail because she went to BravoCon. I don't know. Um and then they go to this like rodeo where they watch these women doing this like beautiful traditional style dance and then they basically put on these like fancy outfits just to talk more about whether or not Whitney should bring up the fact that Lisa cheated on her husband for jazz tickets I don't know I love when Heather was like maybe Lakers floor side but no one's blowing anyone for Utah jazz tickets I know Heather speaks the truth but there is it was it was hard to watch that trailer for the Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip and hear you know they do that thing that style of trailer where it's like they're just showing b-roll and then there's like people's voices voiceover echoing over it and it's like heather's voice echoing saying you chose a tv show over me and we all know that she's talking to whitney it's sad friendships don't last in this world no they don't and you have to accept that and i i feel sometimes really bad for kyle richards because you can see she's made so many friendships that she's had to demolish for the sake of her job which is drama she better be holding on to dorit with dear life <laughs> dear life i think dorit is holding on to her for dear life well they better be just grasping each other through the depths of hell that they live in basically what did you think of the first installment of the beverly hills reunion i didn't watch it but the highlights i saw i I'm, what did you think what are the highlights i think to give some brief bullet points i will say the Beverly Hills reunion part one, Diana is out because she has wronged Garcelle now. She'll never come back for that. Sutton has apologized for basically like not standing up for Garcelle and being her friend more. I think that was like needed. But I will also say, OK, I like funny to have Jamie Lee Curtis come on. Let's just waste get to the meat of it. Like they don't have I to love extend Jamie it. Lee Curtis. So much I was disappointed to say I was like, what are we doing? We don't need the, the use a commercial for Halloween ends. OK, I need to I'm I'm not watching that. I know. So that's just fucking weird. 
Um, I want to get more to the meat and bones of that Southern Charm reunion part two. I will say it's kind of devastating to watch. Basically, it seems like Shep actually broke up with Taylor, even though she was the one who was like, we don't our lives don't work together. But at the same time, I think she needs to accept that she had a part in staying in a relationship where this person was obviously had commitment issues and is like borderline emotionally abusive and like whatever. She's not at that point yet. She's still in the anger phase. Totally get that. She's only two months out. Winter House, I will say I stand by even more strongly what I said about Craig not being good enough for Paige. That is just getting worse and worse. I hope that he reins it in for her and realizes he has the best thing he could ever imagine. Amanda and Kyle, very depressing. She looks ailing and he has like an actual mullet now that he just grew. And every picture of Amanda, she looks sad. She looks like she has sad eyes. She just looks like sallow and like, oh, but also Paige is such a good friend. I just stand for her. And Jason is so hot. I can't believe Jason is not landing any of these women on that show. He is truly the best. He can cook. He's really attractive. He's literally a model. He can snowboard. Like, can anybody name? Well, I guess maybe if he was funny, but this in this world that doesn't count for much so those are my bullet points you know what's so interesting too is that Lindsay and carl to me have no sexual chemistry but they both look really happy but the i do not see it it's resigned it's it's a it gives a feeling of like resigned to like well (laughs) we can just have a relationship we have someone to go home to like okay I'm not sure how her drinking works with his sobriety. I, it's interesting. I mean, I would actually be interested to see more about their relationship in another iteration, whether it's Summer House or a spinoff or something, because I am curious how her drinking works with I his agree. lifestyle. But I did see them in person and they were perfectly nice. They look very cute together. And the few times I did see them having fun before they got together on the last um, season of Summer House, I, I got it. I liked it. They look like friends. I just, at one point, she's like, you look so good. I'm like, nervous. And I was like, I'm not, her and Austin have total, like, we've recently fucked vibes. But her and Carl seem much more uh, friendly. Yeah. But who am I to say? But you know what? What I'll say about the housewives right now is that I cannot trust my own heart. You know when you say your picker is broken yep. for, like, you're always picking <laughs> oh, the wrong Yeah, boyfriend? I do know that. I love Giselle. <laughs> I love Giselle. I don't want to see her being the one stirring the pot. I do not like Candace. She really bothers me. She seems like someone who would be mean to me because she's like Pageant a popular girl. like girl. And I love Giselle. I think she's like phenomenal. I think she's so funny. When Ashley's saying, do you guys want some non-alcoholic <laughs> champagne? She goes, no, I would not. She is funny. It made me laugh out loud. I love Whitney Wild Rose. I feel for her. My heart breaks for her. And I I love her. I don't want to see her. I don't want to see these women be the ones stirring the pot. And yet I have to. And I have to be forced to be on Heather's, even though I love Heather too. I have to be on Heather's side. I have to be on Candace's side. That's why like watch it. Being a Housewives fan is a lesson in humanity and like unconditional love because it's like, okay, you're going to meet people in life and they're going to disappoint you and they're going to shit on the floor on a vacation in Columbia. They're going to stay with Tom after finding out he cheated on them. They're going to make you sleep on the lower level. They're going to, I'm saying all New York references. I have to branch out. They're going to accuse you of having a sex dungeon. They're going to threaten you with an umbrella. They're going to pull your hair. 
And they're going to, I mean, there's going to be violence. There's going to be alcoholism, mental illness. There's going to be set people sending their children to fat camp. There's, there's just going to be so much, but then you have to learn to love, love with, again. without conditions. You have to say, mm-hmm. okay, well, I'm still with you after all that, you know, and it's hard. And you, you see these things and you think, okay, can I get, can I stand by this? Can I, can I get over the fact that Bethany is exploiting her daughter on TikTok? The second whatever legal restriction was lifted from her being able to show her daughter on social media, she's fucking every other thing is like her dancing with Bryn and, you know, and, but yet I'll be with her no matter what, no matter what. I know. I know. Hashtag this is a crisis. Okay. I'll be there. (laughs) I know. And then I present arguments like, you know what? No, she's doing good. Okay. Yeah, she actually she went does to Puerto a Rico lot. before than Donald Trump did. Well, yeah. And OK, so Dorinda is so fucking desperate that she literally goes to a Q&A with Andy and asks if she can be put off pause and on to play. And he's forced to say something uncomfortably. He's like, uh-huh, OK, well, um, Dorinda, your time is coming soon. And she goes, well, this was worth it. And I'm like, Dorinda, you're so desperate. Like, it's hard at the same time. What would I do if Richard died? I don't know. I'd probably be that desperate, too. Wait, um, what did you think of the new New York cast? Um, I'm very interested. I've looked at everyone's Instagram. Jenna, is it Jenna Lyons? She's like the only one who's like notable. because She's like a fashion designer, but I don't know anything about her. Or maybe she's an interior she designer or something. She used to run J. Crew. She was like a big deal. She was, uh, she went to the Met Gala with uh, Lena Dunham and Jenny Connor when they were still friends and they all wore suits. She was like a big deal at J. Crew. And the fact that she's done Housewives means that her next venture was failing and that this was a great way to promote it. But it's kind of like Carol Radswell. I'm like, be careful. You are going to step into the lion's pit and become a different person. You cannot operate at the level you're operating emotionally, socially, and enter the Housewives world. You know the line, you are who you're with? You are going to become a housewife whether you like it or not. Carol was basically a Kennedy. And now... She was a princess. She was basically a princess and now she is she's selling her jeans on Poshmark. She's selling her jeans on Poshmark and she's an outcast. So I I wish them well. Which by um, the way, I sell clothes on Poshmark too, but I was not once an Onassis. We were never going to get close to that steel money. So I don't know. I'm I'm very excited for it all. I I BravoCon has me excited. I'm just like let it all out now. I want to see the girl trip. I want to see New York. I want to see Luann and Sonia's spinoff, Welcome to Crappy Lake, which like, let don't even get me started. The stuff that came out of BravoCon was like, if a, it's like a, a kid designing a candy store. It's like, I'm like, okay, so it's everything I ever wanted and more. Um, is that a phrase? A kid designing a candy store? Anyway. That is actually a good new phrase. <laughs> so listen, we'll be commenting on it all. And we'll have more on Bachelor in Paradise too, because we there's a lot to say there. Thank you for listening. I love you, Devin. Love you, Carol. We'll catch you next week on True Romance. All I ever wanted was a little love. I want true romance. It's true. True romance. It's so romantic. Love me, baby. Don't It's like the police knew 
who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.